Well, good morning and welcome once again. And this is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. It's the day we've set aside to represent Jesus. And uh, I was just reading today that a lot of churches, they like to have a sunrise service. And that's a tradition that goes back quite a few years. I was actually reading, and the, the first one um, started 250 years ago. It was the, the first, first time they had done it, 250 years. That's the, the anniversary they're having today. And uh, that's kind of a, a big, big milestone. And uh, for a lot of other ones, it's, it's different because... This is the first time in a couple years that we're starting to see gatherings like that again. And we, uh, we come, oftentimes get caught up in, in the tradition of things. And uh, as I was going through the article, I was reading through about how they do things a certain way. You know, we had to do it at a certain time. Uh, in a in a certain place, uh, outside, and uh, there's even a lot of times certain ways that they present it. Even got to face a certain direction. A lot of of little things, and we look back to that, and we see that it's a representation of how we like to do things as man, as humans. We like our traditions. We like our rituals. And uh, just in case that you are just tuning in, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves that this is a certain time of year we want to touch base with God. And if you're just tuning in, we might get a little bit different message today than you're used to hearing year after year. Because sometimes I think that we put too much emphasis on the, the rituals. We put too much emphasis on the tradition. And not enough about what the truth is and what God wants us to do, what Jesus' mission is. Let's uh, have a little word of prayer, and then we'll have a little bit of Scripture to get us, get us going today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for this day and what it represents. We thank you for your Son, Jesus, Father. We just thank you for, for sending him and for his sacrifice for him to lay down his life for all of us and for him to be revived and sitting beside you today, Father. We thank you for that. I ask you to take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through us. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, let's take a look at, at John. We're going to be all about John today in John 12 and 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that has seen me. That he has seen me, has seen him that has seen me. And I come a light unto the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejected me and receiveth not my words has one that judges him. 
And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but of the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment what I should say and what I should speak. And now I know his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even the Father said unto me, so I speak. I uh, made the crucial mistake yesterday of walking into our local Walmart on a Saturday. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, uh, of course, in the front end, they always have their, their seasonal stuff. And, of course, this time of year, we see painted eggs and baskets and, and bunnies. And one would think that once upon a time, many, many years ago, a man died on a cross so that a rabbit could lay eggs. And we could eat chocolate bunnies and little carrot cakes and so on and so forth. We get so caught up in, in the tradition of things that we lose focus of what and who Jesus really is and what he has done for us. We're still on the topic of who are we listening to. And we're going to finish that up today because you're probably tired of listening to it. We're going to finish that up. Move on to something else next week. But we got this one last installment we're going to go through. Who are we listening to? We listen to our traditions, our rituals, because... That's how we've always done it. That's how we've been told to do it. And most of the time we enjoy it or we enjoy the familiarity of it and we carry on with it. We bring that in to our church. Typically, traditionally, this is a day when we see an influx of people. We might see people that we haven't seen all year. We see newcomers. We see visitors. Now today, as I look out, I don't see too much evidence of that. Of course, we've coming out of this post-pandemic world, and we've been very, very beaten by sin in the last few years. So much so that a church is, is not that important anymore. As on my drive in today, I look out and I see people out in their yards doing different things, mowing the grass and playing and doing other things like it's just any other day. So we used to put so much emphasis on this day. And now it's not even important anymore. We just do it now out of tradition, out of because that's what we think we ought to do. Last week, we talked about the, the triumphant entry. Jesus was fulfilling the prophecy and he came riding in on his donkey. 
just as the word had prophesied, and people were cheering. They seen him as a savior. But not of the savior of the world, but as the savior of the time. And I can imagine what it was like as they, they convinced themselves. They told themselves what this man was here for and what he was going to do. And of course, we like to share our opinions with others. So they talked amongst the crowd that here is our king. He's going to change the situation because he, he walked around and he healed the sick. He stood up to the Pharisees. He beat them back with Scripture. He told them what the Word said. And they couldn't rebuttal the Word because the Word is the truth. It is God's Word. It is the only truth. It is the only way. He was giving them a sample of the way things should be. And they just liked that so much. They got that little taste of it and they wanted that all the time. So they thought that Jesus was going to to set up his kingdom right then and now. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, they may also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said unto them, Lord, we know not whether you goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But he hath known me, ye also know my Father. And also and henceforth know him and have seen him. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you and has not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and I say it. Thou then showest the Father. Believe thou not, I am the Father, and the Father in me. The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, and he does the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me, nor else believe me for my very works. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth unto me the works that I do, he shall also and greater works than these shall do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever shall I ask in my Father's name, that will I do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. And if I ask anything in my name, I will do it. It was no secret what Jesus was doing. He was very clear. And he told them time and time again.
Week after week, we talk about things time and time again. And yet, we do not do it. Because we convince ourselves there is something else. We let circumstances, we let people, we let our own minds tell us what to do. And we listen to all that instead of listening to the truth. John 18, 33. Pilate entered into the judgment hall and said, And calling Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Sayest thou thing thyself, or did others tell it of thee of me? Pilate answered and said, I am a Jew. Thy own nation and thy chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What have thou hast done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. Then would my servants fight, and I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou the king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest I am a king. To this end I was born for this cause. I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is the truth heareth my voice. Time and time again, Jesus told him, This is who I am. This is who my Father is. And this is why I am here. And yet, they chose not to believe. And yet, we choose not to believe. Pilate He didn't know what to do with this. He didn't want that on him. And ain't it funny how just a a few whispers in the crowd, just a few people sent out and started saying something different. Saying something to to change things around, to change what we're, we're hearing. They went through and they started into the crowd just saying that we need to to crucify this man. That we need to free Barabbas, the robber, the criminal. Not one person could say anything that Jesus had done. Why? Why? Because he had done nothing wrong. He was innocent. He was sin free. But we like to be part of the crowd. And we like to follow that crowd. Get on board. We see today so much stuff that if we just think about it really doesn't make sense. They tell us to 
follow the science. They tell us to, to follow the facts. But whose facts are they? And where do they come from? We're in a, a global crisis with global warming. But you know, in reality, that hole in the ozone layer that... I remember they started talking about that back when I was young. And how this is so bad that we're doing these things and it's going to cause global warming and the ice caps are going to melt and the polar bears are going to die and all these bad things are going to happen. That we got to do something about it. That it's a, it's a big deal. You know, in reality, that over the years from when we first discovered that thing till now, that hole was actually getting smaller. Well, see, that's not the kind of news that they want out there because there's other things that they want to happen. There's profits to be made and agendas to be completed and personal opinions that need to be put on people and driven home and be accomplished because that's what certain people want. And that was the same thing. We had the Pharisees that was just a few and they was able to infiltrate the masses. And we went from one day of this man being celebrated as being a hero. And then as soon as we don't get our way, we say, crucify him. Crucify him. Let the robber go. Crucify him. Why? Because the robber really didn't affect us any. There may have been one or two people in the crowd, maybe some of his victims that the Barabbas was a big deal for because he's a small-time robber. But we have Jesus, and he didn't let down the masses in, his, in their eyes because Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do. But you know what, folks? Nothing has changed because... We have an idea in our mind what we think Jesus should do, and he doesn't do that because it's not our way, and our way is not what we need to be doing. We need to do things his way, the only way, the correct way, but we're selfish, and we want things done a certain way. So what do we do? We want to punish him. We say crucify him. We don't need him. And we're seeing evidence in the world that day because everybody is turning their back on Jesus. We have lots of people out there that want to give advice. Nowadays, with all the different platforms, with TV, radio, podcast, the uh, YouTube, social media, we have all different kind of ways that people can put out their opinion. And most of the time, without any kind of real knowledge on a subject, they throw it out there and they call it truth because they said it. And they stand behind their opinions. And, of course, if it sounds good, if it sounds plausible, then what do we do? We believe it. We believe it. But you know, the, no matter who the, the leader is, you know, we've had some good ones, we've had some real bad ones, we've had some real influential ones in both directions.
But anytime we have a leader out there or someone that's spewing some kind of information, whether it be good or bad, positive, negative, eventually that's all it's going to be. It's going to be a phrase. It's going to be a quote. It's going to be some words on a paper because that person is going to pass on and be no more. Jesus, he spent his ministry here. He was delivering knowledge, delivering the truth, delivering the word of God. And the difference between everyone else and him is that he is still available. Because death wasn't enough to hold him. They mocked him. They hurt him. They beat him. They put thorns upon his head. They hung him up on a cross. They crucified him. They took his life. No, wait. Let me rephrase that because that's what we typically think. But no, they did not take it. He laid it down. He freely gave it. There wasn't nails. That's not what held him on that cross. It wasn't the weakness from the beating that held him on that cross. There was nothing that could hold him on that cross. The only reason he stayed up there. The only reason he laid down his life is for you and for me and for everyone else. Because he loved us so much. A love that none of us can understand. A love that goes well beyond this emotional, conditional feeling that we say we have for each other. Something greater that we simply cannot comprehend because that's how much Jesus loves us. They didn't kill him. He laid down his life. He gave it. He became that one-time living sacrifice. We could reestablish that connection with God. That veil was torn. No more. No more. No more sacrifices. No more offerings. Jesus is that one and only offering. We are covered by His blood if we only choose to be. He gave it. He made the sacrifice. All we have to do is to receive it. And they took Him down. They put Him in the tomb. And everybody thought it was game over. That the story ended. But it was just the beginning. You know, everybody talks about if you had a time that you could go back in time or when would you like to live in a period other than now. And a lot of people would like to have been on earth when Jesus was. Well, you know, I'm a born again believer. And one day I'm going to be in the presence of my Lord and Savior. 
I think we're in a fortunate time now because we live in the time that we have that connection, that we can go through Jesus to the Father. Easy peasy. No altar needed, no sacrifice needed. We have that connection. We have that Holy Spirit residing in us. This is the best time, my friends. We live in a time that we have access to the power and we can do things. So we will do things greater than He. But the problem is, is who that we are listening to. Because the world tells us that it's just a story. The world tells us that it's just a myth. The world tells us that our circumstances dictate what we can and can't do. Three days. Lazarus was dead. And Jesus spoke. He didn't wave his hands around. He didn't clap. He didn't put together a special potion. He spoke. And Lazarus comes shooting up out of that grave. Jesus took on the sins of the world. Every single one of them. For a moment, he carried this weight of all this sin upon him. God could not even look upon him because God cannot look upon sin. And all this sin was upon Jesus. That power. That power to be able to withstand. Talked about Jesus being tempted by the devil. That was easy. Well, we have struggled with that because we have temptations all the time and we fail all the time. Jesus stared the devil in the eye and came out victorious. That was easy. Then he took on the sins of the world, past, present, future. The little ones we say, the big ones we say, all of them. And alone. Imagine, imagine that. You know, they've, they've done movies and they're playing this time of year and we can see, see the brutality. We see the body broken. But I can imagine that for Jesus, that as bad as that is, that that loneliness that he had to experience during that time. We do things so many times that we want people to like us. We want to be part of the crowd. We want to be popular. We want to be loved. You know, in Jesus, he could have had all that. He could have been adored because the people were already lining up. But he had his father's work to do. He had his final act to complete. 
mocked, beaten, despised for no reason. Because he didn't meet perceived expectations. Because he didn't fix their feelings. He saved the world. He saved not only the people out there today, that day, but he saved the people of this day, the people of tomorrow, the people of the next generation, the people of the past generations, all of them. All of them have this opportunity now, this grand opportunity. Stayed in the tomb for three days. And they came back and he was gone. Because that tomb couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. Power is too great. And what does he do? He says, here, freely, I give this power to you. I give this power to you. I give you access to the kingdom of heaven. I give you what I have. I freely share it. We are joint heirs. Joint heirs with Jesus. So much more. So much more. Well, we say no. We say no. We go through, like we talked about earlier, these rituals. And we want to show how much we love Jesus. You know, and I was thinking about that. Because we, we do these things. And like our sunrise service, we celebrate Christmas. Now, Jesus only tells us to remember him one way. He says to do this in remembrance of me. And we have the bread for his body and the wine for his blood. And many times we even take that communion and we overuse it and we abuse it and we let it lose its meaning. I feel that it's more of an honor for Jesus instead of trying to represent him a couple times a year and he has to share that with some fictional characters that bring in revenue that we need to honor Jesus every day. We need to honor Jesus in our lives. We need to honor Jesus by accepting his gift. You ever uh, put your, your heart and soul into something? Either just to, to pick out that perfect gift or maybe you made something and then you, you give it to that person and they're, they're not too excited about it. Or you go over to their house and you see they're not really using it. You know, it, you thought it was going to be just the grandest thing. We feel that as parents a lot. You know, you give your kids something and they're more interested in the box that came in than the actual, actual thing that came in the box. Imagine what that was like for Jesus. When he laid down everything and we don't take advantage of it. We do not come to him. We do not access everything 
that He's given us. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about all of us. We say we believe, but our lives don't show that because we're not even scratching the surface of true belief, of true faith. Because we have problems arise. We have sickness. We have failures. We have all these situations in our lives. And what do we do? We let them get the best of us. But here it is. Our Lord and Savior overcame death. You know, that's about the end all, isn't it? I mean, really. That's the only time that you can't do anything else. There's always a way until death. And Jesus overcame that. And he says, this power is yours. What I can do, you can do. So we have access to all this grand power. And of course, we struggle. We don't know how to wield the sword. We don't know how to use the shields. We have an instruction manual. And better yet, we have him. We have him. To help us through. To show us the way. It says he is the truth, the light, the way. He is all these things for us. And what do we do? We do not utilize it. Why are we walking around so scared? Why are there so much fear when we have a Lord and Savior that overcame death? Our leader didn't fall in battle. He ascended and now sits at the right hand of the Father. He's still working for you and me. He's still loving us. He is still there for us. The miracles are still real. The love is still real. Throughout the the world today, people are going to go in and they're going to play church. And we're going to light our candles and we're going to watch the sunrise and we're going to do all these different things. And then church is going to end and we're going to go hunt some eggs and eat some ham and tomorrow starts a, a new week of more of the same. Back to the mundane, back to the world. And we're going to leave Jesus right here. We act like when we take off our our Jesus pin, when we take off our cross, that he has to stay with it. We don't need any, any ornaments. We carry him in our hearts. But we sure don't act like it. Let's see a difference. Let's treat every day 
Like it's a day to celebrate Jesus. Let's remember everything that he has done and what he has given us. Let's take that faith off the shelf. Let's dust off the healing. Let's dust off the problems. Let's take him out of that box. Start utilizing the power.